Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, you can be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, easy as one, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul. I'm Mouse Jones. I'm Flora. There's no Mac Wilds today because, well, he's Mac Wilds. But we do have Will Little from. Philadelphia, PA. Philadelphia, PA, from the uh, Emmy Award-winning documentary Behind the Bullet. Um, no, not, not Behind the Bullet. The Power of Forgiveness. Power of Forgiveness oh, yeah. won the Emmy. Right, and Behind the Bullet just was released. On Amazon. Amazon, uh, Fandango, Google Movies, YouTube. Everywhere. Everything. You get into it. So, this episode, I wanted to, because we, we talk a lot about... We sounded good, right? This uh, here we talk about. Um, well, how do you put this? Everything, everything. Um, but a lot of times we've talked about uh, whether it's me and Ryan's uh, lack of lack of ability to forgive people, or um, or or a situation we find ourselves in. So, I know um, Will's nephew, right? Okay, Walker, battle rap out of Philly. And when he reached out to me and told me about the story, I'm like, nah, there's no way. Like, these niggas forgave each other. So I'm going to move out the way for him. I'm going to let Will tell the story. And then we're going to just jump into the conversation at hand. We can do that? Yeah, we can do that. Before we do that, I would like to thank our listeners for ensuring. Thank you. And running the numbers up. Yes, sir. Why? Because we are 500,000 plus listens. We've only been doing a few months. So that just is a testament to our listeners. So we thank you guys. Continue listening. Continue subscribing, commenting, rating, reviewing, all that good shit. Um, Make sure you're subscribing to the Patreon. Yeah. Put some monies in our pocket. We appreciate it. Um, bills to pay. We got bills kids to pay. To feed. I don't have. To I, feed. I got two. I got, have the kids. So he has two. When he said kids to I'll feed, take, I don't. Take I have away. the kids. You get. Y'all get with him. We can split them. No, no, no. You don't no, want them. No, no. You I'm, just got. We both got bills. That's it. I'm not doing. Babies on the way. Mad bills to pay. <laughs> but um, follow us at Instagram, guys next door. Um, underscore follow us on the well you can't follow us on Twitter, but if you want to continue the conversation, hashtag, hashtag guys next door, not boys next door, not niggas next door, not them over there, guys next door. And if you want to send a letter in, have it read on air. Very simple thing you gotta do. Email guys next door one two three at gmail.com. If it's a relationship advice question in the subject line, put your own name so you can remain anonymous. If not, we're gonna read the name in front of us. Um most importantly. Send a picture of yourself 
in the person you are having an issue with. Why? So we could probably give you advice. I don't want to give a fat girl, skinny girl advice. Don't want to give an ugly girl, pretty girl advice. Just how it is. Um, now, we got Will here. Now, Will, talk to us uh, about your story coming up in Philly. Well, basically, uh, I grew up in Philly, but I was born in North Carolina. My mother moved to Philly uh, to get away from my father and a domestic uh, situation they had going on. So I was raised in Philly um, from the age of six months until uh, now, actually. So grew up with four sisters, mother, grandmother, um, all female influences in my life. And basically, um, I knew I had to try to discover my difference, you know, because I knew I was different from, you know, a female. So just trying to figure that out and figure my life out in general and where I was going, I uh, had a lot of self-questions that I couldn't ask no one. I thought I couldn't. So um, I kind of stayed reserved and tried to figure things out on my own. Growing up as a, uh, a kid, you know, um, I seen a lot of things in the neighborhoods I lived in, South Philly. Then we moved to North Philly. Then my mom moved to West Philly. So she moved around a lot in Philadelphia, uh, trying to make ends meet, being a single parent with five children. So... um. Uh, just observing certain things in my neighborhood, my community, seeing the violence, seeing the drugs, seeing the ad- ad- addicts. <clears throat> um, my mother struggled hard and worked hard and lights out one time and no food some nights, uh, you know, syrup sandwich and peanut butter and jelly. Um, syrup sandwich and peanut butter right, and right. jelly. So, I ain't gonna hold you. <coughs> syrup sandwiches is lit. Yeah, for sure. It was always good. <laughs> syrup sandwiches be hitting. I might. I mean, never mind. Zeus be listening. I'm not gonna have a serve sandwich. <laughs> so <laughs> fake pescatarian so, for the next seven days. Uh, I'm not gonna have a serve sandwich. So basically, growing up, you know, my affluence, uh, your affluence come from five different places: your home, the streets, your peers, your, your belief system, and your environment. So basically, all that in one um, kind of suckled me in, and I went to school. Um, uh, from different schools, uh, every school I went to, elementary school, probably six different ones because my mom moved around so much. My mom's house to my grandma's house. Got into fights every school I went to because I was a reserved kid, always quiet. But I knew how to fight. So basically, um, I always... Everybody every in challenge. Philly knows how to fight. Yeah. Um, I just want y'all to understand that. <laughs> um, just, there's a, just please watch for the right hook, the left hook, the jab. The uppercut. one and the two, the uppercuts, they're coming. <laughs> Continuous players. Continuous players. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, this is what they do. Um, don't let the videos of Meek Mill um, fool you. Um, I'm pretty sure at this moment right now he's a young, uh, he's a he's a young Winky right at this point. Just don't fight niggas in Philly. Don't please, unless you're from Philly, then that's fine. Yeah, Philly, Philly can fight. If you're not from Philly, don't fight them niggas. So, yeah, I'll get to that story later, too. See, look, see. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so just growing up in different neighborhoods. And um, then eventually I uh, went back to my mom's house and then saw you know, her boyfriend at the time trying to beat on her. So <clears throat> I jumped in the fight. I was like 13 years old, got a little taller. Jumped in the fight, threw him off his back. He said, what, you think, you're a man now? I was like, yeah, my man, you ain't going to be hitting on my mom. So I knew I had to be the protector of my mom and my sisters because, you know, my father was a thousand miles away. So um, he asked me to come outside. Like, Are you having um? Are you having contact with your father at this time? No, not at all. Okay. Um, so the dude asked me to come outside. Like, come outside. You think you're a man? Come outside. So I knew he carried the gun. I knew he drank a lot too as well. So I went out there. My mom said, like, don't go out there. She begged me not to go out there. But I was so angry and fed up with it. I was like, this ain't happening no more. You know, so I went outside, pulled the gun out, put it in my face like two inches away from my eyes. You know, say, don't ever jump into a fight with me and your mother again. So at that time, I just blanked out. I was like, 
I'm a killer to do when I get older. You know what I mean, so um, time went on. Now I'm not afraid of nothing. I'm not afraid of life. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of dark. I'm not afraid of the streets and none of that. So I grew up with that kind of mentality. And then, uh, what what year is this? What year? Like 1983. Okay, so the the crack epidemic is yeah, it's hitting Philly. Yeah, it's hitting Philly right now. <clears throat> so um, eventually, I start going to junior high school. I run to a few of my friends um, that I knew around the neighborhood. Uh, one of my friends' mom, she was hustling really hard, and that time we was, it was syrup and cakes. Uh, what you call that? Um, that, that yellow, that purple? Lean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lean. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. called serving cakes back then. And that was a drug of choice. So that was really popping heavy. She was making a lot of money off it. Um, I decided to get into the game by, you know, he's, my homie stole some, some of the, the product and we started hustling. When they shut down, we opened up 11 o'clock at night to like 2 in the morning. And then from there, I went to Coke and then drugs. And after that, money started being made, 16, 17 years old. Jealousy started jumping around in neighborhoods, different neighborhoods you're driving through. Got into a few altercations with a couple of guys. Now Philly doesn't have essentially a gang culture. No. That it's family and like blocks, right? Yeah, right, right. So, it's so that's yeah, the areas and the neighborhoods, yeah. right? Okay. Basically, who you grew up with becomes gotcha. like your brothers. You know what I'm saying so. Um, even with that, growing up in the neighborhood, getting into a lot of altercations and fights. Just now, in 1988, uh, my friend of mine wound up getting killed uh, over some kind of domestic situation with a girl. They broke up, and she found a new guy, and he wound up shooting my man 11 times. The new guy ended up yeah. shooting you? Okay. Yeah. So um, with that, it really boiled everything over because the dude wasn't even from my neighborhood. So I really wanted to get him. My friends really wanted to get him, but they, they stopped me from doing it. Uh, so I was still angry at the time walking around, not healed from the pain of losing, losing a friend, your close friend. And um, just dealing with everything that's going on in the environment. Now, I'm a person, I didn't, I didn't get high. All my friends did. I never subscribed to drugs, any kind. Um, so I always stayed woke and focused on what we was doing. I eventually got into an altercation uh, with another group of guys at a skating ring that we went to, guys in the neighborhood that we knew. Um, and after that, we came out, then the shooting erupted. Then uh, guys start shooting it in our direction, in my direction. Then I wind up shooting back, uh, hitting one of the guys, killing him. And then uh, I was arrested for uh, attempted murder on a witness, aggravated assault, murder itself, and then conspiracy. And then uh, and what year is this? How, this how did, is 1989. <clears throat> how did conspiracy fall into that? So they like three of my friends up with me. So I just brought uh, it all together. Yeah, so put this conspiracy. They try to book the charges upon you so they make everything stick, basically. Something. So um went to jail, uh, was worst was sent in the worst place in a county uh, called Holmesburg Prison, which is nicknamed the Terror Dome. And is exactly it lived up to his reputation, especially at that time, of the years in the eighties. Because uh things still going on, drugs still going hustling, still going on, and people still getting murdered, people getting raped. And, uh, you know, my mom, she kind of feared for my life because she didn't know what kind of kid I became from the streets. I was a different person at home than in the street. So, how, was, how was that first introduction to uh, prison? Well, basically, I was arrested uh, probably a month before that for drugs. I had a drug case, but I bailed myself out um, out of that case, and then I went on a run. So I didn't really go back to court for it. Mm. So um, when I got caught for the homicide, then all that came back. So I really didn't get a taste of jail the first time. I never got caught for anything until I turned 18, basically. Um and then the real experience of being in there, knowing I was going to be in there for a while, maybe life, or, you know, I was fortunate I'd get out of prison. Uh, just thinking. And this is before op- the trial. Yeah, for the trial. So just thinking optimistically, basically. My mind was always optimistic. I never had a negative thought, like, all right, I'm being here for the rest of my life. Even though I know it was possible. I mean, because the guy we had, we had the worst DA in the city. He was giving everybody 
life or death penalty uh, in our case. In all situations of life, you just got to think positive. Think right. the best out of it. Right. Even if it's in a worse situation, you got to you gotta think your mind out of it. I always think positive because you're stressing yourself out. Then you're creating false fear, basically. Yep. So so were you, were you thinking in that moment, were you thinking positively because... Like intentionally thinking positive, or was it just because at that time you weren't afraid of anything? Well, basically, I knew who I what I did, so I lived up to it. Mm. And um, the thing was that like, you can't be scared now. This part, this part of it. I mean, a lot of dudes in the streets it's have guns and, and want to shoot and stab when they go to jail. Want to cry home to mommy. I mean, or beg for bail and stuff like that. I just knew it was part of it, so I had to deal with whatever came to me. I mean, and um. <clears throat> and, was, and once you got in it, people knew you what you was there for? Yeah, people knew. I mean, it's on the news and everything else. Plus, I was already known on the street. Gotcha. It was a young kid. So a lot of people I ran into, I was there. Also, was enemies in there too as well. I mean, so you got to take the good with the bad. And um, Because of me and my three co-defendants was there, we, we had a good name on the street. Our, our crew had a good name on the street. So um, it was really no no real problems. But it's real geographical in the jail because it's North Philly, South Philly, and West Philly. And it's always geographical in jails, um, in our neighborhood anyway. So um, just being there, trying to adjust. I mean, trying to. Um, what was the biggest adjustment? The biggest adjustment was As, from from being a free kid out running the street, right. making money, to going to jail. What was like the biggest adjustment that you noticed? <clears throat> just um, being able to not stress about the situation. I mean, not. Uh, being fear for me, like I said, I was always a guy trying to figure things out. So mm-hmm. my mind was, was was working on like, all right, I gotta figure system, the system out that I'm in. I mean, instead of moping and hiding in my cell and not going to the shower and washing up or thinking about committing suicide like a lot of the guys do, uh, I just sat there and just say, all right, I gotta make sure I'm good so my family could be good. Because if I'm not good, then they're gonna worry, they're gonna stress my mm-hmm. mom and my sister. So I don't want that for them. So I always make sure that they knew that I was good. I'm good. I'm all right. I mean, don't worry about me. Right. You know, so um, so it didn't, I'm sorry. Um, one more time. What year was the what year were was the trial that you were dealing with? Eighty nine. So eighty nine. Yeah. I was born in eighty nine. The same. Yeah. Hey, same day. Right. It was born. It, we remember that day. Uh, we don't remember it, but it's a pretty big day. Um, so eighty nine. So that's when in New York the Central Park Five right. whole incident is happening. Are you? abreast to yeah. to what's going on there. Yeah, I was familiar with that story back then because I was reading the papers. Right, you know, so. R- right. You had no choice, right? right. Because you're in, you're in jail. So was that going through your head? Is there the like? I'm trying to see. Oh, I'm trying to get a feel of what the climate was yeah. between the judicial system mm-hmm. and the black community in Philly right. in '89. Right. Well, it was basically it's a it's a gang, not gang, but it's a mafia oriented town, basically, right? Italian mafia, mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's more so, um, the system is used to violence for one. I mean, so, um, the people, uh, the people that's in the community or in the system understands the system. Like it's, it's like some sort, some places, like even in the county outside of Philadelphia, if you get locked about there, then you, you're getting hit upside your head really hard. And the city is more leniency when it comes to crime. All right, you might not get so if you get locked up in like Redding or something, it's quiet. Yeah, you get locked up in Redding, you're going to get a lot of time for the pettiest, pettiest crime. I mean, even like uh, Delaware County, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like some people claim Philly, but they live in Delaware County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, even like that. So in those kind of places, they don't play with like Philadelphia uh, yeah. residents. I mean, so... Uh, the climate in the, in, the, in the jail was like it was overwhelming for the CEOs because they couldn't the, the inmates ran the jail basically. right I mean so we can probably do anything like sometimes I ain't lock up 
mean, I mean, it took them like two hours to lock us up. Right. Plus the prison, the jail I was in, with so many young guys committing suicide, homicides at the time. So they really can- On the outside? Yeah, on the outside. Mm -hmm. Coming into that jail. Mm -hmm. really so they really can control the youth in it. Right. I mean, because it was kind of wild. I mean, so- You was, you was 18? Yeah, I was 18. Yeah, I just turned 19, actually. Yeah, I just turned 19. So, okay. So let's let's talk about the trial. So how did that trial go? How long How long was the trial? Well, it was a while. It took, a, it took like- Two years before we got to trial because so many homicides, like 560 homicides. So you get locked up in 89, you don't go on trial to 91. Right. I don't go on trial to at the end of 90 and get sentenced in 91. End of 91. And, and how did that trial go? Was it, you just, did you just, I'm trying, I'm trying to paint the picture for the people at home. Did you just plea? No. Or, or did you fight it? No, we all fought it. So we all had different lawyers. So we had four lawyers fighting against uh, one DA. The, the actual, the first DA, I told you, the the, the, the DA, one you was worried. He dropped off because he couldn't get capital punishment because they, they dropped Wow, he charged. wanted, he yeah. wanted y'all to get, yeah. that's he wanted life. So, you know. No, he, he wanted capital. Oh. He wanted murder. Oh, you want he, murder. Want, he wanted to, he wanted to put them right. to death. Because they dropped off the, um, the attempted murder on the witness. So they couldn't get capital. But basically, they can get first still. They get I mean, first degree. Yeah, so they got another guy on on a case, and um, um, we went to trial. They kind of broke it down as far as the shooting is concerned because they were shooting too. So initially, the, when the cop came and seen what happened, testified, he said that group shot first at this group, our group, and then we returned fire. So it kind of dropped it down to like third degree mm -hmm. murder. Mm -hmm. you know I'm saying still had conspiracies with tied with it too and gun charges. So I mean, the judge was kind of lenient. After the apology, I apologize to the family and everything else, you know, after this years of sitting in it, because at this time, I'm changing my life in prison. Did, uh, were, did you find Islam in there, or were you always... No, I found Islam in, in, in jail. Okay. I mean, I was aware of Islam because a lot of my friends Philly, took names, yeah. and uh, I wasn't the kind of dude to just follow anything, so I had to really understand it first. You know, so um, I, my son was born um, nine months when I was in prison, nine months later. I mean, okay, so your girl was pregnant before when right. you got locked oh, up. Got gotcha. Locked up. So he was born like nine months later, and that really was the, the, the turning point, the epiphany when I had, like, I want to change my life. I mean, because now I want to give my son something that I didn't have myself, was direction, guidance, and a father. You know, so um, I started working on myself, um, self-evaluation, um, also um, self-awareness, self-management, you know, how to control my anger. I knew I had an anger problem, and I also I knew I needed education because I dropped out of school in 10th grade. And um, I started self-educating myself, you know, and being more aware of who I am, my, my gifts, my talents, and how did I change to be this person who was emotionless and um, emotionally detached from life itself and not care about life or mine exactly. So um, I started figuring those things out. I went through the process of um, forgiving those who hurt me and my family, and I forgave myself for the crime. What did that look like, forgiving what? someone who yeah, really? may not know? Mm. Like... Right. Like talk me and Ryan about, talk, talk about, about all the time, time. Right. we have an issue forgiving people that even acknowledge that they fucked up. Right. Right? Like somebody can come to me or Ryan and be like, yo, I did this, that, and the third. I violated my fault. My fault. And, and we, we still, still going to look like, at them like, yeah, get away and, from and me. That, and, and not to say this, mm -hmm. but it's petty stuff to us. Yeah, right. it'll be petty. Compared yeah. to what you right. had to forgive Because you're forgiving your somebody family. essentially who doesn't, who's not doing that, right? Like right. forgiving family... Mm. And people who may have hurt you, um, sub not subconsciously, but unknowingly, mm. how does that look? Well, I think more so for forgiveness first is for you. Right. Because you're the one holding it in. You're the one holding it back. And just like in this case with Khadir, I mean, the brother of the guy killed. He was going through it for years. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going through nothing. Mm -hmm. I was healing. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. From my own self and my own faults and my mistakes. But he was still going through it on revenge and plotting and stressing and, and hiding the cars and trying to find me and look at my, and come to my barbershop where I work at, walking in the door because I didn't know who he was. Right. We're going to get there. But, yeah, I, but, but see, that yeah. forgiveness part for me is it was something like I knew I had to do in order to move forward. Did that have to do a lot with religion? No, because um, I kind of I kind of embraced Islam, but I I was more Christian still then. I was still more I was more Christian still because I was raised Christian. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I was still more Christian then. But religion really had nothing to do with just more so just being having common sense. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, break that down. So basically, like you you already know innately what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you analyze it with the gift that God has given us with its intelligence and rationale mm -hmm. then when you analyze things you start to see it for what it really is and not what you want it to be because mm -hmm. a lot of times we make things what we want it to be mm -hmm. I mean so when you start seeing it for what it really is then you can say alright I'm going to forgive this person I mean I want to forgive my mom I want to forgive my dad for not even being in my life I mean well because they got hang ups too they got struggles they was raised a certain kind of way that I don't, I'm not aware of you know so people are a record of their experience Wow. So whatever you experience wow. in life, it makes you who you are. And you never know people's experience and why they do the things they do and why they say the things they say. I mean, so once you start understanding that, but you only get to understanding that when you understand yourself. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part is understanding yourself. Because mm. to get over to get over something, you have to forgive yourself first. Right. Mm -hmm. And then go to the next person. Right. So if we don't forgive ourselves for for the fuck ups that they did to us, then it's then then what is it? What does it worth? And now I'm having this conversation. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Because we, we were on like a somewhat time strength. What I want to do is I want to break this up into two episodes, right? Okay. Because like talking to you, I think there's there's we would be doing a disservice to our audience if if we don't delve deeper into your story before we even add into the second part of the, of the forgiveness on the outside and all that. Right. So what I want to do, um, especially if at any time in this week or or have a, a yes schedule looks, mm -hmm. um, come back in and then do a deeper dive into the second part because I think like you're you're we're, we we. Yeah, right. you're, you're talking to us. Exactly. So, like I said, I don't want to do a disservice to right. anyone who may uh, feel the same way we do. Is that is that cool with you? That's cool. All right. Um. All right. So you're in there. You in you in trial now? Yeah. Right. So you're in the trial. You 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 already began forgiving people. Right. Is there ever a point while you're on trial where you're accepting like, all right, I might I might not get out of this, or was it you already know that you're fighting a lesser sentence already? 
No, I already knew from the day I got locked up, I knew that um, there was a possibility I would be in jail for the rest of my life or I'll or get out sometime, but I knew it would be a long time. I mean, so I already accepted that, basically. So when I'm going to trial, I talk to my lawyer, talk to the other lawyers too as well, and like, yo, it looks okay, it don't look bad. Like, you're not going to get life, but you're going to get some time. And these are, are these uh, personal, personal de- um, uh, public defenders, no, or you, you... We hire lawyers. Oh, gotcha. You know what I'm so... Um, and my lawyer was like, you know, you could probably wind up with this judge that we got telling the history of the judge and how, um, he, how lean he is or unlean he is, of course, certain crimes. So, um, I know he just, the judge was like, you know, he was rocking, he was rocking dudes, you know I'm saying 15 to 30 for 30 mm. degree murder, mm. 20 to 40, 30 for third degree murder. Third degree. That's, you know that's, so, that's practically, that is self-defense. It's pretty much all like what, manslaughter? No, it ain't that because we have those degrees too. Oh, okay. Um, so we was trying to get it down to manslaughter or involuntary manslaughter because it was a, a shootout basically, but, um. The evidence they said didn't support none of that because we had guns and there was illegal guns, basically. So, um, and how the person told the story, like the witness got on stand told the story. I mean, even though they didn't see what happened because nobody could really see what happens when you're in a shootout. But um, basically what happened was um, they broke it down to a, that's a sentence and the judge, like, he, he felt lenient towards me because I, I, I did apologize to the family, you know, and he's like, well, I'm going to give you, eventually he gave me like eight years, yeah. uh, 10 years for the homicide. Uh, five years for conspiracy, uh, one and five for um, the gun charge, but he ran it all concurrent. Okay. So it wasn't. Uh, um, so it wasn't. Added. So so it wasn't consecutive. So you you could you, all those things ran <clears throat> fall under together. That, fall under that ten years. Basically. Mm-hmm. So um, if it was consecutive, then it would have been a whole lot. But he did Damn. suspend um, the five to ten years too. He suspended five to ten years. Okay. And I think he suspended that because I made the apology to the family, you know. So it all based on your demeanor, your character, and stuff like that, and what potential they may see in you still it's as how, a young it's kid. how you present yourself. Yeah. And how, how, you present how, you, yourself. how you present change in your life. Right. Exactly. So after that, um, went upstate. Then uh, actually, did before everybody I, get the same time? No. Um, they got lesser charges than me. Okay. They got less than Because you took the shot. You, you... Yeah, I shot the person. So they got like six years. They got like six to twenty, six to um, the fifteen, something like that. Um, so after that, I ran into uh, the kid's father, who uh, who life I took and, in jail. Yeah, in jail. That's crazy. Yeah, What's a, that like? Break well, down that first meeting. Well, basically, we were still in the county. I wasn't sentenced. He just got arrested. He was on the run for thirteen years for a double homicide because mm. he was a he was a hitman for the black mafia. You know, you mm-hmm. heard of the black mm-hmm. mafia, notorious black mafia. So um, when he got arrested, he got arrested, and I think the end of '89 or '90 when I was in there, and he was like asking questions about me. Oh, who's guy? You know, killed my son. I want to talk to him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so um, me in the jail, I was like, I'm so reserved, I'm so quiet. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't talking about it, nothing like that. I know he'd been in the jail for like a month now, um, walking around asking people about me. So when I come face to face, is is like, it's not intentional. It's unintentional. Right. Because he came to talk to. My my co-defendant, who father also was in the black mafia. Okay, okay. Right, so it, so father, full circles so, is really coming right, around. Coming, we all connected. Basically, you and South. But Philly, you were never, can, I'm never black I'm, mafia. I'm not from Philly. Oh, okay, right, got Virginia, you. See, right, right. I'm from North Carolina. North Carolina. So all the ties is connected, and mostly everybody in, in, in South Philly is related. Basically. Gotcha. Yes, that now that's a fact. So um, so when he came in to talk to my co-defendant Jay. He's like, yeah, I want to talk to you about, you know, what happened with my son. I want to talk to Will. He's like, well, you know, Will right there. Like, y'all sitting next to each other. We playing chess. He's like, Will right there. So he's like, he looked at me. I looked at him. He's like, you know, what happened? I was like, what you mean what happened? 
Right. You know, and I'm trying to think without being without getting upset. Because you've well, already respectful. Because you've already been in the system. Yeah. You know how jail works. You know one. You you know the levels it could go. You know right. the levels of conduct and where this could go. It can go terribly wrong in, in a matter of seconds. Okay. Terribly wrong. Right. So it's just about how you handle it. And I knew that time will come when I would see him face to face. You know, and I knew basically him coming in and with his with his life experience and his respect that he got in the jail. Uh, from a lot of people because he uh, tied to the black mafia. Um, I just knew that uh, I hope that he didn't disrespect me no kind of way, and I hope I don't disrespect him no kind of way. So we try to be And that respect. has to happen in like yeah, split seconds. seconds. Yeah, right. Because I know now he's watching me, watching mm-hmm. my demeanor, see how I respond. Try to say, was, was the son a bully or mm-hmm. was I scared of a son or right. something like that? So I'm like, you know, um, he said, well, I heard this on the street from his friends. So I said, well, whatever you heard, that's what that's what happened. And I left it like that. Mm-hmm. Very Philly answer. Right. So I didn't want to go into it no more. I didn't want to engage in a conversation. Because was it be, was it for any other reason than not wanting to? And there's no disrespect to this man. Like, right. did you, at this moment you don't know if he rat and you don't know if he a snit. You don't know. Right. You did it was so. Were you not further speaking about that situation because of? I'm thinking about all that protecting a case or right. just you just look. This a chapter in my life that I've already dealt with. No, no. it's because of your case. You don't want to discuss your case with nobody. Mm-hmm. For one. And another is because, in fact, I didn't want it to escalate. Got you. And this is before right. sentencing. Yeah, before okay. sentencing. And we both was going to trial. We both was yeah, both was fighting trial at right. the same right. time. His, exactly. Him for his and you for yours. Right, exactly. Okay. So um, eventually, he said he forgave me uh, for what happened. Right then and there? Yeah, right after that wow. conversation. But I, I didn't really believe it. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't real. It wasn't real forgiveness. I'm a. I'm a reader of people. I mean, even as a young kid, I he always just read said people. It. He said it just to. He said it. I mean, just to. I mean, but he said it in a way like you know, okay, I'm gonna forgive you because you know I want people to forgive me, right? Mm. I understand that because now you gotta go state yourself. Mm. State is a whole bunch it's, of. So it was more of a mindset thing. If I don't yeah. forgive him for doing what he did, somebody not how can somebody forgive me for what that I too. did? And. I mean, like he had to meet some people that he had to run into when he go upstate, you know, too, as well. Because he's he's going up on a double homicide. Yeah. So this family he might run into upstate. But he was in the mafia, so right. It's, 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 it's other shit. It, other things. Besides those, there's right. other shit he had to deal. That's with. a fact. Right. And so, those only two he got caught doing. Yeah, right. that's a fact. That's right. a fact. That's so a fact. now he got to face that. But the reality is that <clears throat> I didn't believe it because I mean, like I said, I can read people really well. I know if I'm sincere or they not, and um. He tried to get close to me, talk to me in, in, in jail. Like, like no. after? Yeah, after. Like, no, we ain't no conversation going on with us. You know, what's up? How you doing? All right, that's it. If it's not going to be nothing, it's not going to be nothing. But we can't be friends. I <laughs> mean, so, you know. It's funny because later, it, that's funny because later on the, the turn the story takes. Right. But right. in this moment, you were set like, yeah, yeah, I see you, man. You arms, yeah, yeah. arms, right. arms, arms, arms yeah. distance. You know what it is. You know what happened. That's what it is. Deal with right. yours. I deal with yours. Yeah, right. we just we two niggas surviving in jail. Right, exactly. So, right. so the sentence comes down. Yeah, sentence comes mm-hmm. down. I get the sentence. I get ten to twenty years in prison. I go upstate. Um, first day of greater four prison, uh, dude get killed right in, in, the, in the line um, buying some food at the store, cigarettes at the store, killed. First thing you see, walk in the door. Now, I've seen like some people get murdered in the Holmesburg prison when I was there. I mean, but then go up to Greater Four, which is a bigger, much bigger prison, house like three thousand people, uh, lifers and stuff like that. And then seeing that again, like, oh, we back in the same, the same mix. What's stop. that? What does it smell like in there? What it smell like? Um, like that know. first day. Like, do you remember that smell? No, I don't remember the smell. I just remember the first thing I remember going into the jail. I seen a dude with a buck fifty cut across his face. First person I seen working in the receiving room. 
So I was wondering to myself, like, did he get that here or did that happen on the street? Because mm. I, mean, I knew Holmesburg was a vicious prison. I just hearing about it on the street. And so leaving County where you was at, where the, the inmates were running the jail, and now you're in prison. It's, it's, a, it's a change. Is, it, is uh, it a change or mm. does the inmates, in, still inmates still run it just they a even, bigger... Well, that's their house. They they live there. Like the county people just there for for, for maybe two years. Trial and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, probably for a year or two, but this dude's upstate have been there for 10, 15, 20 years. That's, that's their shit. That's their home. I mean. So they ran everything, basically. So if you going if somebody wanna get you, they can get you. As simple as that. I mean, so dude's like, You wanna take PC? I'm not taking PC for nobody. I mean, whatever my fate is gonna be, it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a man, he's a man, whatever happens is it's gonna happen. Like, oh, they asked you that going in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they asked me going out, and, they, and then the whole thing. Even before I went to Holmesburg, a lot of my friends uh, that were COs uh, that I knew them from the street. Right, right, like, right. Yo, you want to get transferred? You want to stay here? No, nah, I'm gonna get transferred. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the whole, the whole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna take everything. Whatever, whatever comes, I'm taking it. I mean, so when I went upstate, um, I just really got focused more now. Uh, and your son is how old at this time? My son is probably two, three, I, two years. I, old. How many times have you seen him? Well, I seen him a lot in the county. Okay, because he's like it was right there. half an hour drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, but state it's, it's only like a forty-five minute drive from Greater Fort to from Philly, and um, I would see him often there too as well until I got shipped out. I was only there for like a year, but when I got shipped out, I got shipped all the way like to Pittsburgh, PA, so like six hours away from home. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, when I was there, I just told my mom like, you know, just you know, what's your relationship with the moms at this time? My mom? No, you uh, the the mother of your son. Oh, it was it was cool. We had a good relationship then. I mean, but I let her go from the door. I knew I wouldn't come home. Like you know, you got a whole life to live. Go live your life, basically. You know, that's what I told her. And I knew. I mean, at first she was still connected. Like I, I ain't going nowhere. This and that. Yeah, you said it now, but you know, yeah, I know it's time. going. It's going to happen. We're yeah. talking a dime. Like yeah, it's, you're exactly. human, right? Yeah. And at least she was able to understand that as being a father, right? Because like like me and you, like my pops wasn't around. Your pops wasn't around. It takes. And our fathers did not do that in any way. Mm-hmm. Say, go live your life. But Damn, it takes it takes somebody special and strong yeah. to be able to 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 even go through that and and understand it. Like, look, I live your life. Right. I did this. It, it might have been. It was in my heart of my time. Whatever I did it. But now, mm-hmm. you could you can don't don't follow me. Don't don't wait in a sense because that could really hurt somebody. That could really hurt a child. Right. I think it hurts you in the long run because you get caught up in it. All right, mm-hmm. now she's here for me. I'm saying every moment. The next thing you know, she changes her mind. Like, all right, I found somebody new. Yeah, and now now, now it's gonna hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna hurt you. Jody is real. So, so you got to protect yourself, right? Basically, more than anything else. You know what I mean, and you can't fault nobody. You know what I mean, so all the fault is on yourself. And then when you take responsibility, that's a level you got to level up to taking the responsibility and your own feelings and your own emotions and your own actions. You know, so um, went upstate, then I got shipped out to Pittsburgh. And um, now it's different now because you got Bloods and Crips out there, supposedly Bloods and Crips, and now it's Philly. So now it's geographical that mm-hmm. way, Pittsburgh and Philly. And um, I got into an altercation like probably like a month after I being in there with uh, the dude was ahead of the, I think the Crips or something like that. And then and, um, because I wanted to give him an extra cheeseburger, right? <laughs> so, you was working a line or he working, wanted? Yeah, I, uh, line. I had to work the line. Right. Right, because they make you work if you're going to the hole. So I'm working a line. And, oh, so you um, went to the hole? No. I had, oh, if you. I, if you didn't work, you, you go to the hole. Got yeah. you, got you. So I, I worked anyway because I didn't want my mom sending me money up. Uh, I wanted to be independent, basically. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm taking this ride myself. If y'all can do what y'all can. It's okay, but I'm taking this ride. So I got a job. Started working in the kitchen, and um, eventually I'm on serving line. You know, going by and the crew going by. He comes up with his squad, like, like seven of them, tapping on the window, like, yo, 
putting two fingers up because you really can't hear through the plexiglass. So I was like, I looked at the guard was standing right next to me, like where he's at right now. So I was like, um, tapped on the one in the back. Go ahead, keep walking. <laughs> I mean, so he took it as disrespect, but you know, you disrespect me because now you asked me to give you something in front of a guard. Like I'm gonna go to hold for you, and um, he started mouthing off. I can hear, I can read his lips. Like, yo, cop. You know what I mean, that's the worst thing to call a person. Another enemy is a cop in jail. So I'm furious right there. I'm, I'm mad. Now I'm working on myself. Trying right, to change right, my right, right, right. I mean, here comes direct conflict. Right, but it was a challenge for me to understand my anger. And like I said, if you want to change now, you're going to be tested. Right? So I'm sitting there. All right, I'm letting it go. He, I see him sitting down, talking with his friends. Now he kind of loud in there. I can see the commotion. Everybody watching. Everybody looking at me. I'm new in the jail. So now I'm thinking, I, I got to deal with this. I got to handle this. I mean, whatever way I can. I mean, so at this over where I knew I had gym with them. The squad, the, it's true. So I go upstairs in my cell. I don't tell my cellie. Put my, my boots on. He's like, yo, you ain't playing ball today? Because I play ball every, every day. I go to the gym. Yard. You nice? Yeah, I'm nice. I'm nice. I'm you nice? nice? I was nice. You still nice? Well, no. I can't. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I ain't played in a while. But if I kept playing, again, I, I would be nice. But um, so I, was, I went down to the gym. Had my boots tied up. You know when you got the boots on. You know when the boots is. The boots is on. Yeah, yeah. There's something going down. Mm-hmm. I grabbed two ink pens off the table. Went down there. I said, now, I said, before I leave out here, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make salat. I'm going to pray. Mm. Right? So I bowed down, prostrated, like, you know, ask the law, like, you know, help me deal with the situation the best way I can. I mean, because I don't want nothing to happen. I don't want to get another charge. I don't want to kill nobody. I don't want to have the rest of my life because now I got like four years left, something like that, six years left. And um, so I'm like, I want to get myself together. Right? And I say, um, but I got to deal with this. I got to go. So I went down to the gym. Seen him standing in front of his, like, probably five guys standing around him. And I uh, walked over to him, looked him dead in his eyes like this, like, yo, like, what was you saying in the child hall? He's like, no, man, I apologize, man. You know, you didn't know my celly was sitting next, standing next to you, working next to you. He, I get his, he a vegetarian, so I get his hamburger. And you ain't know that, so um, my, my apologies. I said, well, cool, no, no problem, problem at all. And I walked away. So I figured to myself, like, now I know how to handle things differently. Instead of me reacting, because normally I was went up in the prior stadium. But instead of reacting now, I could think more. So I'm thinking more now. I said, all right, well, that was a test for me to understand that through communication, you can resolve a lot of problems. And that's mm. where a lot of problems come from, lack of communication. You know, so that was another level for me to start learning and understanding my behavior, my my anger, my management, stuff like that. So um, then I started growing more and learning more. And then eventually I became uh, the leader in the jail uh, at age 22, like the, mm. the, the, the religious leader, the imam, what you call in a jail. What type of pressure is that? Well, only pressure is that you got to get things right. You can't just say anything out your mouth. You can't just quote anything out the Quran and use it wrong or the Hadith and use it wrong because they'll be on your back. And uh, the thing with me is like anything I spoke of, I want to make sure I knew what I spoke about, basically. So, But it, it kept me studying, kept me learning. And um, I always had a mild uh, character anyway. I was always humble anyway, you know, so that's what they liked about me. A lot of young boys looked up to me, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and um, kind of had sort of like, you know, control in the jail, basically, in a, in a good way. But even though dudes that didn't like me for whatever reasons, you know, I had guys that, you know, I, I stacked them up for you. Like, you ain't got to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you send yourself to jail for a longer time. What do you attribute, sense. and what do you attribute that to? Like, being able to have that type of support and rallying behind you without being in in that scenario mm-hmm. where everything is super hyper masculine is super right. rah 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 how did somebody like you with the mild mannered intent 
be able to get those people to support you the same way? Because they know I was real. I was a real dude, right? And um, when you know, you recognize thoroughness and realness, people want to cling to that. And because of that, a lot of people, they try to live up to expectations of other people. That's how a lot of dudes went up in the grave and a lot of dudes wind up in jail because they can't be themselves. They got to be somebody else. I mean, I was one always taught myself to be myself regardless of what the situation is or who I'm in front of. You know, and um, a lot of dudes like that. So I, I began like mentoring young guys and they had double life, had a life, you know, just going off the edge sometimes and want to fight the CEOs and, and fight other inmates and stuff like that and create riots and everything like that. So I started, you know, just talking to them. The warden understood, like, yo, I need your help. I mean, so I was really like an activist in jail first before I came home, became an activist. And um, my time was getting shorter. So like the, um, the warden was like, yo, you want to get closer to home? Because at the time, a guy named Mudman came home from prison and he killed a, he killed a, um, a patrol officer. Mm. So everybody with violent crimes was getting hits. Like, if you got 10 years, 10 to 20, you might wind up doing 12 to 15 years because of his crime, because of what he did. So at that time, they was roofing people. So the warden's like, you want to get closer to home? Because you might not go home on your minimum. I was like, yeah, I want to get closer to home. So he sent me back towards like the Poconos, a, a jail called um, Retreat, which was like a, like an hour, hour and a half drive from home so my family can get, come to see me. So that was cool, um, just having that relationship with him. It helped out a lot, it brought me closer to home. Was it, when you went to the other prison, mm-hmm. was it like a start over or they knew what time it was when you got there? No, it was like a start over, but I knew people there. Oh, okay. I mean, because it was a new jail, just kind of, a wing just opened up in that jail, so everybody was shipped to. A lot of people from where you was at got yeah, shipped, shipped there. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, basically, I knew people in the, in the jail. People was there before I was. It was in the jail. I knew, but um, probably two percent of the people I knew, not that many, because a lot of them from Pittsburgh. I'm there, and um, just being there for like three and a half years until the OJ trial set in, then he beat the case, and I got shipped over down to retreat where I knew a few guys. Cause what was, was, what, was what was that energy like? Well, uh, the OJ trial and in the what what the OJ trial? You're in there. Yeah. And all the, the 90s is like going crazy, crazy. with those crimes. So right, you got right. the OJ trial, the Menendez brothers yep. trial, um, almost like piggybacking each other. Right. And then, what? Well, yeah, because the Menendez brothers go on trial first, mm-hmm. and then OJ gets locked up. Right. And then sometime around there, I'm the, the, uh, What's son's name? The the the, the cult leader from from Texas. Oh, Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So what is? Because I've always I, when I spoke to Santana, um, when I spoke to Raymond Santana about like I'm always interested of how was the culture and how was the consumption of the media and what was happening in the world right. for the, the the people who were like absolved from the world, the people that right. were on the inside. So. I'm asking you the same thing, like seeing all this on TV. What's your, how was all this being translated into the jail? Well, in jail with the OJ trial it was like more so. It was like a victory for us too, as well. Right. Know? So right, right, everybody right. was excited, talking about it, hype. Then you have, you know, what you call the rednecks in there. I mean, mm-hmm. who's not used to being around black people, period, and um, they were probably upset about it. And <clears throat> I don't know if anybody got any. Um, backlash from them treating any different because they always treated us the same anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like we're niggas. So basically, um, it was just, it was a victory for us, you know, because all of us fighting cases and fighting trials and stuff. So we can kind of connect and relate to 
that OJ situation, period. Like, we need a Johnny Cochran on, on our team, basically. We're, we're running right. short on time. So I do want to ask yeah. this before we, uh, you know, let you go and, and, and prepare for the, the second part. Right. I want to ask this, and, and this might sound incendiary. Get it right. Get it right. How to get it right. Mm-hmm. T.I. word a day. But it's, it's a real question I always have when there's whenever there's a large population of black people around a smaller population of white people. Right. So I'm pretty sure in the judicial system that you were in, in the in the um prison system you was in, pretty sure the blacks outweighed the number of the whites. Yeah. But somehow the hillbillies, the Aryan brothers, whatever the case may be, they probably still had more of a control or more of a fear than the black how how does something like that happen when there's so many more black people than than the the whites? No, I mean the blacks dominated the, the prison. I'm saying it was just more so, um, yeah, more Caucasian um, um, God. correctional officers. Okay, that's about it. But the blacks dominated the prisons everywhere. It's, it's probably eighty percent. So, so where you was at, the 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 white gangs wasn't running. Over. Ain't no gangs. Ain't no white gangs. Period. Okay, and none of the, none of the Pennsylvania prisons. Gotcha. You know, only blacks, only black yeah. gangs. I mean, so you would have a small, like you probably had like two, two or three white guys on the block. Like okay, probably a hundred some okay. inmates. I mean, only color. Gotcha. So you just you say it's a, it's, a, it's a market for Negroes, not a market for white people. Gotcha. So, all right, uh, and um, so what day do you get out? What 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 day? That's where we'll stop this part portion of the day. Um, well, I was sent to a halfway house in nineteen ninety eight. And I, I was that's, that's a good year to come yeah, home. Yeah, Mo- sure. black movies was popping. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, nine years. Yeah, it's nine years. But I was in a halfway house, so that's that's still like jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you but you wanna, get to come outside. Yeah, you get to come outside right. and adjust. You, you get the adjustment part. But if you get one right up, you're going back to jail. Period. Damn it, man. You know, so um, come in late, you go back to jail. So it's still like you're on strict rules, like even stricken down because you, you. It's you, like the door open, but it's cracked. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. There you go. So you, so you come home to the halfway house. It's ninety eight, right? And 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 what is your thought process returning to the world? Well, I'm returning to the world as a man. I went in as a boy, and not only as a man but a father. So now my thought process is like, all right. So you're almost thirty. Yeah. It's son like nine. Yeah. So my son like, all right, I gotta I gotta take care of my responsibility, you know, and I can't go back to the same way I used to be. I can't go. I can't do none of the things I used to do to get money. Right, even though I like the good clothes and nice cars and stuff like that as a young kid, but I already knew myself that um, progress of a pride. Mm, I think that's where I want to stop it. I like that. Progress over pride. I fuck with that. Yeah, so let's stop right here. And then um, let's try and get you back in the studio sometime this week so we can finish this part two and then introduce um, your partner as well and and get further into this story. Tell the people where they can follow follow you if 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 they don't already know. Okay, you can follow me on um, Facebook under Will Little, and um, you can follow me on Instagram under Latif L A T I F underscore Musin M U H S I N, or under Mister Poetry in Motion, all one word, and uh, that's it. Or you can just Google me, Will Little. You'll you'll come up with a lot of information. That's a big flex. Just Google me. Just Google me. I'm going to get to that point. Me too. I'm going to get to that point. (laughs) I don't got Um, none of that yet, but it's Yeah, we're not about to even do no church announcements because we're coming right back um, with a second episode, so make sure you guys are tuned in. Um, This is God Next Door. I'm Mouse Jones. Flora. Will Little. And we'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 